you know, the, I like, get the, that. I get that. Like, terminology not, changes. I, I have no problem with them changing the name. Not, I really don't give a shit about tradition or any of that kind of stuff. I honestly could care less. I do miss the insignia just because as a kid, for me, it always it was cool looking. Was cool yeah, and was honorable badass. and stoic and respectable and shit. You know what I mean? Formidable. Right. But that's what I mean. Like if the, if they were called like the Chiefs. Yeah. That's a complimentary. Yeah, sort of name, and the, the prevailing notion that redskin was an insult, but it was kind of like, was it or was it like black? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it equated to the N word, is what I'm saying. People act like redskin was thrown around like the N word and had the same connotation. I don't know that it did. Uh, watch an old, watch an old western. <laughs> watch a John Wayne movie. Yeah, but it's not much different though than saying those damn blacks which but, is not but, good but it's not the n-word right but black people refer to themselves as black right well the red so, man do they call themselves the red man sometimes i've seen it in movies i don't know if they really historically did or not I, probably not because they were the original people here you don't have to call yourself anything special when a bunch of fucking pale-skinned motherfuckers come and start taking your shit They're yeah the but, ones who are different well it's when they have those conversations i mean like, say a great chief sits down with these fucking white losers with their fucking infected blankets and shit, and they're talking. He might say, you, as the white man, appear to think this, but we, as the red man, appear to think this. You know what I mean? Because all the there was no connotation then. It was right. just identifiers. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that, but that's what it's evolved to. Right. That's the issue, is the identifier. So, yeah, the redskins would be like the darkies. That's the question. Was it how much of a pejorative was it or not? Right. I don't know because they've even done recent polling in the last 10 years or whatever, where it's still a vocal minority. It's like 10% of American Indians don't like it. And that's enough. That's enough to sway the tide. That's yeah. what's crazy about nowadays yeah. is that vocal minorities run shit essentially in all factors of life, you know? You know, in terms of things like, like race and, and, I, I, I don't know. I think race is stupid. It's just your people are from a different part of the planet than my people. It's so crazy. We are. It's stupid. But I get if if the world, if the United States was reversed and it wasn't European people who took it and controlled it, and instead yeah. it was African people, I you mean, would, in a hundred years. <laughs> I would be offended if the name of the football team was the Crackers yeah. or the Whiteys. Yeah, I'm not taking exception again with any of the fence, but I just don't know if I'd be a vocal minority about it and that's a- an activist about it or if I just be like, whatever. They call Is it, it the even crackers. Native oh. Americans? Native Americans. I've read recently that it's American Indian now. It's the preferred nomenclature, dude. So Okay. All right. Because I, I've always, I not like all Native people were quote-unquote Indians and shit you know whatever the fact that we have these discussions is a good thing but it's to me going everyone's going about it in such a crazy way they're not discussions it's a fucking war people turn it into this culture war when all it has to be is some great discussions where we get to the bottom of shit and figure out how to move forward yeah yeah i think a lot of the morons who like in news stories about race or the Kyle Rittenhouse trial or whatever, those people. It's hilarious. To, oh my God. Kyle, can, can, can I just go off on this little road? Please do. For a second. Okay. One of my favorite things to do right now is, is read the comments on coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse yes. trial. Because it's, it's fascinating to me. And all I can think about, all I can think about is the OJ trial when every every black person you ran into said he was innocent all these trump types every republican for the most part but maybe all these not. republicans yeah all instantly oh, yeah. jumped on kyle's it's exactly the same thing and they don't even see it but that's with any issue they don't even see that they're doing it. Like this kid, ha- I don't want to go over the facts of the case. Prior to the Rittenhouse like shit, what started it all was the Jacob Blake shooting. Yeah. And they immediately all had their mind made up about that. I remember we had that Colby fuck on our podcast. 
And he was uh, like, Jacob Blake had a knife and he was about to stab the kids and shit. Why would he stab the This kids? is like days after the whole thing, mind you. That he had all these, it's the alternative facts shit. Like everyone, because the media pushes these different facts. And he did have a knife. That turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. But was he about to stab the kids with it and shit? Was he? But here's the funny thing. In the liberal side, you didn't even hear he had a knife for days, for weeks. It was like they were hiding that fact. Right. They wanted it to be an unarmed man that got shot by the cops. Yep. Yeah. Yet yeah, on the and, conservative media side, they're like, he had a knife. He was going to kill everybody. It was a righteous killing and shit, you know? It's like, does anyone give a fuck about the truth? The thing about that, that case that always has just, that no one can answer for me is the, when you see the video of him walking away from the cops, getting into the car, and then the cop grabs his shirt and shoots him, what, eight times, seven times in the yeah. back? That man had no business being a police officer, ever. He's afraid. He's too afraid. If I were to venture a guess at what percentage of people who are currently cops have any business being one, it's probably in the single digits. If, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah. But if you cannot handle people to the extent where this guy, you're telling him to stop, he doesn't. You're telling him to stop, he doesn't. He opens a car door, you're still telling him to stop, he doesn't. And then you have to shoot him more than half a dozen times. It's insane. You have no business having that job at all. That's, that's like, why Andrew that's Yang like being said a, all cops should be purple belts in jujitsu. Right. Yeah. You <laughs> yes. should be able to take that guy down before it becomes a, a, yeah. a weapon drawn situation. I feel like and I don't. It's the fear of the black man that's part of this. All these cops are just scared because, you know, that's the image we see. Scary black dudes. That's the, you know. Yeah, that's what's been sold to us our whole lives. I mean, that's what got Emmett Till got and shit, you know. Yeah, like if you were to tell me a story about how you were in a parking garage going car, and it was late at night in a parking garage and you heard footsteps behind you and you turned around and you said, yeah, turn around. There's this fucking hippie dude back there scared right. shit on me for a minute. But if you told me it was a black guy, it's a whole other story yeah. for some reason. Well, even when you turn around, it is. Because one... Because of what they sell you. Yeah, exactly. We've been conditioned to think this guy's the bad guy or whatever. And Yeah. It's, it's insane. So and then these cops, their fear is amped up artificially because of that character of what black men are like, you know? And then... The kids being in the car, I think further probably amped the dude up. Like, I got to save these fucking kids. That might have been the, to give him some credit, that might have been the foremost thing on his mind. And he's like, before these kids get hurt, because I can't even want to do drive off with these kids and it's some pursuit with kids in the car and shit. But again, take him down with your hands. Agreed. Or shoot his leg or something. I don't know. It's crazy how they always just shoot. Yeah, whatever happened to shooting a motherfucker in the leg? Starsky yeah. and Hutch, every episode, yes. they shoot a guy in the leg. It's the Mozambique drill nowadays. It's like two in the chest, one in the head and shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Starsky it's the militarization the of leg. police. Starsky would shoot you in the leg, flip you over and say, you're going to jail. <laughs> totally. Boom. Problem solved. Crazy. And like He hit six men's femoral arteries killing them, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but they died a little slower. And optics, it looked better. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. There you go. If you want to be a cop killer, aim for the femoral artery in the leg, right? A go. killer cop, I mean. Yeah. If you want to be or, a piece of or shit. A cop killer. Either way. Yeah, right. Either way, I'm good. Now, if you want to be a cop killer, do the Mozambique drill. But if you're a cop who wants to kill people with impunity, shoot for the femoral artery. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Why can't okay. everyone just be reasonable and talk about shit? Now, I get it. It's life or death. There's shit going on. You know, the stakes are high. But you can't let everything whip you into a frenzy. It's just going to get worse. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Everybody, shit's yeah gotten everybody worse. is in a frenzy right now. Yeah. Everybody. It's crazy. And nobody agrees. And it's and it's irreparable. Not Honest agreeing to used to be okay, though. Yeah. But then. There's fundamental shit we all have to agree on. That's the, the problem. The last I think. five years happened. Yeah. And now disagreeing is. I swear to God, I promise this is true. And I hope that this podcast somehow is findable 
in a hundred years. Yeah, we should time capsule these. Chris and I are talking about geocaching them too. You know what that shit is? Where people hiding them around places. Yeah, where there's GPS scavenger hunts. Yeah, and they find nice. something, but they don't know what it is. It could be a paperclip. It could be an old baseball card. Whatever. It's this shit. <laughs> but I promise you, history. A hundred years from now, history will have America divided in two sections: pre-Trump, post-Trump. You think it's that big a catalyst event? Oh, he, he broke it. It's irreparable. He broke it. We can have all the Andrew Yangs. We can all have all the Bernies. We can have all the everybody who means well and does well. <laughs> it's it's over. It's broken. It's just broken. The question is, did he break it or is he just a symptom that it was broken? He was like, not even the straw on the camel's back that broke it, but just the first big piece of forensic evidence that it was broken. I think, I think what he did was, okay, you know how if something is cracked, let's take a coffee cup and it's cracked, right? Uh You have two choices. You can repair it right away when that little hairline crack shows up, or you can keep using it, keep slamming it down on the table and it's just going to shatter. What he did was let's rewind a little bit, a little bit farther to when Obama was elected. Yep, and he started birther shit and everything. He yep. started birther shit, and the Tea Party came along, and he tapped into that. I don't believe Donald Trump is a racist. I believe he's P.T. Barnum. He yeah, saw he's a, a bunch of man. ignorant motherfuckers. He's a guy who created chiropractors. <laughs> <laughs> he he saw a bunch of ignorant people who could not cope with a black dude being president. I can't believe one of them got in there. But that's and what I'm he saying. Just, he's not the he mechanism. capitalized on it, but, yes. but he is at the same time because there's always been racism. There's always been shitty people, but but a black guy becomes president. Some yeah. people freak out. He targets. He sees those a market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All he was doing was was filling a void. And, shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a racist born every minute, and he scooped him up and brought him into his little circus. But they're not all racist. Never though, that's going the thing. to be he's, the same. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, they are the, okay. Yes, they are. It's I mean, like, everybody is to a degree. You could argue, but let's address that because I'm so fucking sick of everybody of all these people who are Trump people who say, "Well, I support his economic policy." Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Let me back up. What I'm saying is, people who voted for him, all everyone who went that day and cast a vote is not necessarily racist. One. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's well you got to look at what he did and said pre-election versus what he did and said after the election to make that case for one thing and there was some because of course people on the left were calling him a racist prior to but, but I, think is, I think there are certain issues like take abortion there are some religious conservatives on the right uh-huh. who abortion is the issue and they will look past anything even racism to, now, you could argue that makes them a racist because they're not a warrior against racism, but I'm saying that's not a motivating factor for them. They're look, it's something they look past and maybe turn their nose up at, but he's going to be the one to stop babies from being killed or whatever. You can't paint with that broad brush and just say everybody was motivated racism, by racism. Negligent racism is racist. Yeah. If, if that's I how know, we're defining it, then I'll give it to you. Okay. Let's say... Let's 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 talk about us for a second. If I thought for two seconds when you introduced the concept of Cactus Jack, to me, if I thought for two seconds that that's really where you were coming from, right? That would have been the last conversation we ever had. Like I recognized that it was going to be a powerful movie. Yes, and I wanted to be involved with it because you're a fucking unreasonably good writer, you and Chris. And I really wanted to be part of this. But if I thought you meant that stuff, even right. a little bit of it. Like I if I ever thought you were getting that. off on it, we would have had a discussion throughout and I would have maybe had a problem finishing the movie. But every time we were so mutually grossed out by the shit we were doing. Right. But I know right. we were okay. But so I couldn't have accepted all the other like if like if you were mm-hmm. like if I knew for a fact that you respected women and respected LGBTQ plus and all of the other stuff, right? But you just hated some black people. Well, let's use a term that's used a lot in relationships nowadays, deal breaker. 
racism should be a deal breaker yeah. even the implicit versus complicit bias of it all right and and if Any it's not a it. deal breaker you're participating i guess my thing is i try and give people a little leeway for even racist because i like to think everyone's redeemable and everyone started as an innocent child and got spoiled and shit along the way and maybe it would take years of hard work and unfortunately hard work on behalf of the very people that racists hate because look at like that daryl davis guy and shit i don't think a bunch of white people white liberals are going to be able to tell other white people to stop being racist i don't they think <laughs> they yeah try. but it's going to be unfortunately the onus on the people that are hated to you know it's one of the most unfortunate things ever in humanity that the thing that really does seem to work like that guy daryl davis who deprogrammed 20 clans members and has their robes that they gave to him when they denounced slavery or uh, racism because he showed them the humanity and you know what i mean he broke down the otherness and showed but it took his effort and i don't right. expect any black person to want to do that I'm not right. saying they have to either. We just, we're otherwise going to probably have to live with racism. But at the same time, I have a hard time just napalming motherfuckers as if they woke up this morning and made this decision to fucking hate people of color. It's like all programming and shit. You know what I mean? So you want to have accountability, but at the same time, we got to recognize the fact that all of us, I mean, we can get to a free will discussion, but. <laughs> all of us are acting on inputs and we're almost not at fault for the things we do. The way you have to reasonably look at it is say society in terms of social contract has to have things we will not tolerate. But when it comes to being punitive with people, motherfuckers really aren't in control of themselves. This is getting philosophical, but I like it. Um, So what do you do with that? It's so easy. The path of least resistance is he's evil. He's bad. Fuck him. Burn him. Get him out of here. But when you look at things, step back a little bit or like Dead Poets Society, get up on the desk and look at it. And what is that guy? Is he a demon that needs to be burned at the stake? Or is he a human being who got infected with bad ideas and probably traumas and shit? And went looking for some kind of family and tribe and found the stupid, the solace that these freaks find in racism and shit, right? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And, and I realize he's fictional, but he's fictional and he came from you. Would, I mean, spoiler, but after Jack murders his mother in Cactus Jack. Uh-huh. Do you think there was any chance in hell that Chris would have been able to save Jack? I don't think Chris would have been able to. That's not the question, though. I'm not putting the onus on Chris to do it either. Now, do you Chris think anybody kind of, could have? I don't know. Maybe he could have looked at... Now, this is another fictional thing, but this is how these types of things seem to transpire in the real world, too. Look at American History X. The shit he did was way worse than Jack killing his mother. Curb stomping that fucking guy. Yeah. Way worse than a guy who was abused by his mother, killing his mother finally, right? So right. he went to prison and a Daryl Davis did the work. You see what I'm saying? It for sucks. me, for me, when the story went there, when the story went to the prison American laundry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he made friends with that it's guy. Platitude and, and, shit and the guy sure. was too, super cool and blah, blah, blah. That was the least realistic thing I've seen in a film mm. since I don't even know what. I don't think it's unrealistic. I think it just takes a lot more time than that movie sold you on. To really sell it to you, you'd have to see it every day for years. Right. You can't do that in a movie. Right. And we don't know what period of time transpired between right. the first time they were together. and But the, but the way well, another thing they could have done was shown Derek with guilt. He could have been having nightmares about killing the guy and stuff too. You know what I mean? They didn't do any of that, but because that's a factor. If a guy feels guilty about it or not, even a little seed of it. Right. Then that Daryl Davis, whoever comes along and waters that seed, you know what I mean? If they have no guilt then they're just a psychopath and shit, and it doesn't matter if they're a racist, like he's a racist worse than Ted Bundy. 
I don't know. They're all just something society can't tolerate, right? Right. And and racism, the whole concept of racism is just kind of silly. Um, not because everyone's the same and all of that, mm-hmm. because we're not. Culturally, every, you know, fucking Swedish people will tell Polish jokes. Yeah, Everyone tells my, Polish jokes. Yeah, my dad, my, again, growing, going back to my father, when Polish I was growing up, my dad made fun of everyone who wasn't Norwegian. Right. Everyone else was an idiot. That's racist. But because the melanin is the same, somehow it's okay for a Norwegian to say shitty things about a Polish person because their skin looks the same. The Poland the is only a special difference, one. The yeah. only difference between African Americans and European Americans is the part of the globe that we're from. So is it's it so weird worse? hearing you say this just because you sound like Jack doing it, but you're saying like the opposite shit? <laughs> It's like the it's only just, difference. The only so difference eerily. between a Swede and a Polak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, but racism is, if you, I, I hate the word, but otherness or suspicion of people who are different from you in whatever way is why there are borders to countries. Mm-hmm. It's why Germany isn't Austria. It's why... You know, and like Germans will look down on an Austrian and an Austrian will look down. You right. know what I mean? It's the, and it doesn't have to be melanin so much. I mean, but, there's but just... in this country, the focus is on melanin. Right. And had had this country been stolen and settled by people with brown skin, we'd be getting shot by the cops. Well, let me put it this way. Though. Because the power thing. corrupts. The other thing. The otherness does trump racism and shit because racism is a specific form of the otherness. Example, if this didn't become a melting pot, say we say the fucking Protestant losers who thought religion wasn't fucking punitive and authoritative enough in their country and came here to be more more puritanical, say when they got here, no one was here, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it didn't even become this melting pot because they were like fucking purists and they didn't want people from the outside coming in and they fought people off or whatever. Wanted to do their own work. Eventually, it would be what you saw in the UK with Protestants versus Catholics. It's, it's, that's, this is what I'm saying. The racism is like the path of least resistance because in, you think evolutionary biology terms, the ultimate imperative is not just survive, but actually pass on your fucking DNA, survive in order to pass on your DNA. And the best way to optimize your chances of survival in the natural world is to be scared of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's our default setting is scared of everything. And then when you start to see things that don't look like you, you're more inclined to be scared of that thing. Right. But it gets really weird when it gets to like the Protestant versus the Catholic thing, because that tells me, all those paths at least resistance were taken away we still got to find an outlet for that fucking aspect of our humanity that's like kill before i'm killed you know what exactly. i mean exactly hey jay yeah let's cut right here for all a right. second i have to pee so bad i can't stand that's cool I, I think i exhausted that subject anyway I don't really know if I know how to articulate this, but it really bugs the piss out of me. I just did, uh, last Saturday night, I did my first stand-up show in over two years. And I wasn't prepared. I, I didn't have any, I had thrown away my whole previous act and didn't really have much. Of did anything. you have anxiety about all that? Or were you just like, fucking? I'm going to oh, bring yeah, it always, and I'll be okay? always. I okay. always have anxiety. And it's a lesson um, though, when you prepare, there's less yes. anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> so I went up with only topics and on a norm. Uh, cheers to norm since we haven't talked since he died, but sorry. Norm. Go on. I won't keep norm. And I went up and, uh, and did a half hour and it went really well. 
And I was able to, you know, play off the crowd and do all of that because that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a comic. I've been doing it for 20 years. <sighs> this bugs me so hard uh, that, that I don't even know what to fucking say. It, it, why is it? Okay, and this is a profession. Like, I got paid to do this. And I, when I was touring, I was getting paid to show up at a place and like be funny. <laughs> right. It's like acting. That's an unlike um, acting. <laughs> oh, getting, You're actually getting, getting paid. paid. Yeah. Yeah, um, some people pay me to act, Jim. <laughs> a page in life experience. <laughs> and tea. <I> built character. <laughs> um, why is it that comedian is the only profession where when civilians, just normal people, aren't good at it, like in life, it's an insult. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of having conversations with people, non-comics, who when they say something that they perceive to be funny, if you don't laugh, you're a dick. Why is it that socially mm. we have to pretend everyone is funny? That's it's a job. It's a fucking profession. I, don't I get feel paid compelled for to doing do that. It. I don't really. I try to not laugh at shit that's not funny. I don't I give get paid obligatory for doing laughs. it. I get paid for being funny because I'm able to go up without material and entertain eighty strangers. Get your Elvis on. Don't be humble. I'm not. Fuck that. No, exactly. I'm good at some, I'm good at some shit. I suck at most things. Right. Like I can't fix anything. I can't. I can't build shit. That's I'm probably a like, big identifier. What you were talking about earlier. I don't think Sinatra and Elvis at all thought they were great at everything. They just knew they were the shit. That right. shit that matters. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm good at. Right. Watch me. But like when the ad, like in socially in in interactions huh. with people like at the escape room you mean like the polite laugh like yeah you laugh fuck politely. you i'm not laughing you're not funny yeah no fuck that i don't do that either that laugh's like gotta be earned to, yeah that's like walking up to Giannis. like okay like everybody is capable of physically dribbling a basketball and play and so many people in the history of history play pickup basketball games right people who suck at it people who are good at it people who then go pro, whatever else, right? If I see Giannis at a playground and I want to challenge him to some one-on-one and he just shuts me the fuck down, I shouldn't be insulted because that's what he's good at and I'm not. Like, why do I have to pretend the average motherfucker in the grocery store is Get your Larry David on, dude. I know why you do you seriously? David. <laughs> why do you have to? No, I don't. Why do I have to pretend everybody's funny? It's an it's insulting for real, like social sociologically in interactions. Right. If someone tells a joke, not a not a setup punchline joke, but says something that they think is amusing, if you don't at least smile, well, here's the writer equivalent. You're a dick when you're a writer, or especially specifically a screenwriter, because everyone's thought they thought of a movie that would be cool. Motherfuckers always got to tell you their cool movie idea. Right. And, and you I have can, to pretend like it's not the dumbest, lamest shit you've ever heard or it wasn't done four times already or whatever. But you know what? Sometimes that guy is Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. You know, so but but that doesn't that's not that's sometimes not that guy's screech. Yeah, that's not apples and oranges, though. That's not apples and apples, because if someone pitches you a movie idea, they aspire to something. Now, if I aspire, everyone aspires to be funny. Maybe not a comedian professionally, but everyone. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's a fucking job. Yeah. I wish I could weld, but I'm not going to walk into a welding shop and pick up a fucking thing and be offended when they tell me to put it the fuck down. You totally. If I want a job as a welder, I need to train. I need to do. Then we need to start doing like man on the street bits. I want to send you into a welding shop to do this shit (laughs) and record it. I'm, I'm really serious about this. Like, I can't, I can't pretend. Do you have an example? Anymore. Like, did that happen when you were doing every interaction you ever have? Right. I mean, you're a lot of people hard. You're working hard or hardly working. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. 
I just saw some shit that uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was talking about. He was riding in an elevator once with Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Magic in an elevator and the two of those motherfuckers are in there. And that's what happened. Some guy got in, this short guy, and he looked up like, damn, with the two of them. And he says to Will Chamberlain, how's the weather up there? And Will Chamberlain said, it's raining and spit on him. Yes. <laughs> like, that's your move, dude. Wilt the stilt, baby. Yes. <laughs> and Abdul-Jabbar, nice guy that he is, is like, Will, bro, what the fuck? But Will did not give a fuck. And that's that's exactly like... Like if someone, okay, like if I do a show or am I or wherever <laughs> and someone knows I'm a comic and someone comes up and says that they want to start doing open mics uh-huh. or would I listen to a joke? Or if you're at an open mic and there's a brand new guy, right? You don't treat them that same way because they're aspiring. They're trying to be a comic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in life, so you mentor it's, them okay, a bit. it's okay to not be funny because People who are funny, that's a gift. I think that's your answer. That's what you do. When somebody says something like that, you respond, it's okay to not be funny. Oh, my God. That's the Larry David move. You start just telling people, it's okay to not be funny. So (laughs) put your hand on their shoulder. But you're a dick then. Because being funny uh, is, for whatever reason, we're all supposed to pretend the other one is funny. I think Every single fucking interaction. And I mean, not, not to get all evolutionary every time on this shit, but I do think that's what most things, you know, are predicated upon. I think humor is just a disarming tactic. So basically, even feeble attempts at it is somebody essentially, it could be their ego narcissism, laugh at me, ha ha ha. But deep down, on a more evolutionary basis, even beyond the ego, it could be them just saying, I come in peace or whatever. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true because I think most people, when they do it, are their egos are run amok and shit, you know, and they're out looking for validation from you or whatever, but they're not funny. Don't give it to them. Look for validation with something you're good at. Yeah. Just tell them not everybody's funny. It's okay. It's not my job. I'm going to start doing that shit. To pretend motherfuckers are funny. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I mean, so you just publicly proclaimed it. it. So it's, you know, just start making it more intimate. Have yeah. that response when they do yeah. it. I, I I would if I were you for sure. I tell people that like like the average person, mythic. like the average person in a okay at the escape room, right? We got that eighties uh-huh. room, and there's music playing. We'll have people who will be singing along to like eight six seven five three zero nine, and if they can't sing, if they are a shitty singer, I'll get on the mic and I'll say, uh, "I need you to stop singing now." <laughs> do you tell and them laugh. because they suck? and they'll laugh because <laughs> I'm funny. Yes. But that's you disarming being truthful. That's really where comedy's at its best. You disarm the person to inject them with a fucking dose of truth they need to hear, whether they like it or not, you know? But if an unfunny person, and again, saying, acknowledging that I'm funny is just like acknowledging that I'm bald. It just, it's, some people are funny, some people aren't. (laughs) They just are. Some people are tall, some people aren't. Most people happen to not be funny, which is why which is why Dave Chappelle has a kajillion dollars. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why you can make so much money doing it if you're actually good at it. Right. If everybody could do it, no one would pay anyone to do it. Right. The company Christmas party would just be everybody being funny, and they wouldn't have to hire entertainment. Dancing is another funny one. Could you imagine being a professional dancer? And going to some club and just watching everybody think they can dance and shit. <laughs> and some white motherfucker walks up to you moonwalking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would push them down. If I was a professional dancer. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Just trip motherfuckers, basically. I'll push your ass down. Again, I know you haven't watched Curb Your Enthusiasm unless you somehow did over the pandemic. But uh, there's a classic episode where Larry's at some fucking his friend's house. You know, Jeff Garland. I think it was his house. And some person's kid is doing a piano recital there and this little girl is probably like 11 or 9 or whatever the fuck playing her piano recital and everyone's sitting there pretending it's fucking good and halfway through it larry just starts going that was great okay okay that was great job (laughs) just fucking kills it dude he's just like i'm not gonna stand for this shit anymore we can't all pretend that this is fucking decent (laughs) i feel like i feel like and this goes this is all we're going back in a circle now bringing it back around I feel like every societal problem we have stems 
from people having to pretend other people are funny. <laughs> By pretending, now think about it. I feel it like you're building a great bit here, possibly. Think about it for a second. If your son, who, who from the stuff you share, mm-hmm. seems like he's genuinely funny. He's but if funny. Yours, But if your son was not funny. It's right? unintentional sometimes, though. Yeah. If you just, if you didn't laugh at the times when he wasn't funny, mm-hmm. I think you you do it. I think pretending kids are funny when they're no, not. I don't know. I think that creates the people who then are entitled to things. You're talking participation on. trophies, man. That's essentially what it is. Everyone's getting the like. But it's beyond that. They're... It's not the it's not the millennial participation trophy. No, no, no. Been I'm saying metaphorically. For, it's like it's been happening you... for centuries. Yes. we've been having to pretend motherfuckers are funny, and I'm done. I'm fucking. The trophy done. is like a physical embodiment of what I'm what you're talking about. Yeah. Though. That's yeah. a, the it taken to its insane modern day conclusion, but yeah. the instinct is to placate the fucking the untalented, essentially, or whatever. But you know what I mean? Funny thing, yeah. Funny specifically is the only profession where it's an insult to not pretend the person is good at. Like, like at karaoke, part of the part of 90% of the entertainment value of karaoke is that knowingly, knowingly bad. bad singers go up drunk. It's an act of sing. courage or bravado. Right. Yeah, yeah. But just socially, there's no show happening. We're just, we're at a store, we're in line at the grocery store. And I turn to the guy behind me and I say something funny that's actually funny. Mm-hmm. It's his job to shut the fuck up laugh and shut up <laughs> so don't basically you look me, at people when you make a joke in the grocery own. line if this person responds with something they think is funny they're like a heckler basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, t- I don't i'm I not it. obligated to pretend the average person is funny because <clears> the average person isn't funny so in other words all the forward, world is a stage literally yeah, and, and some people hackers. belong there, and some people are stagehands. <laughs> some people are crew. Some people not need everyone. to get the fuck out of the venue. Yeah, not everyone belongs on the stage. Some people have to work on. Do you think Trump's funny? No. Do you think he ever said anything that was funny? No. No, coming up with insulting nicknames for people is not. Yeah, funny. it's not funny. Um, I think the funniest thing he ever said was, "I'm running for president." <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, um, but but like, like these motherfuckers on these on these news stories on the comments. Well, now let's go. Brandon is the thing that everyone thinks is funny. Yeah, you get these lazy, least common denominator, like cultural references that motherfuckers can drop left and right, and it's like, it, well, that's what she said. It's like right. now. A well placed that's a well placed one is amazing because there's irony built into it and it's referential and shit, you know, but it's not just this lazy go to, you know what I mean? That's just waiting there for everyone to use. (laughs) But but no more. No more pretending people are funny. It's my job. It's my job. You're not good at it. It is. I am. I'm good at it. You're not. Shut up. You gotta just be that guy. Fuck it, dude. Like, here's the thing. Be willing to be a dick, I guess. If that's what being a dick is, being honest about that shit, be a dick. Yeah. 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 And glory in it. I'll appreciate you even more. Like, that's what people <laughs> love about Larry David. It's almost like in that movie, Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal's character was kind of like that. They're like a superhero because they'll get up and call the guy, the con man, out for what he is and shit. Or they'll expose the fraud that we're all fucking participating in. Like, Larry David clapping at that little girl. Like, that's a fraud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're kind of robbing this girl of constructive criticism and shit. You know what I mean? Like, everyone patronizes you and you never get anywhere. You don't right. get and, better. And I'm that's the participation to trophy adults. problem. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're expected to treat adults like that little girl at the recital and snicker, at least, you know, chuckle at the non-amusing thing you just said to me. No, fuck you. Now, we will agree a heckler is a whole nother level of fucking hubris and sin and shit, right? 
a heckler is a whole different thing because I'm at work. Yes. Right now. And I mean, the, one of the classic, I don't use it, but a lot of hack comics have used, I don't come to your job and knock the dicks out of your mouth. Right. I don't go to your mother's job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to hecklers are like, if you went to a construct, a ro- highway construction site, just started knocking over the orange barrels. You're in my way. I'm doing my job. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. They're even worse. They're almost. And again, comedy, your captive audience, like you're right. there to have a captive audience and they're trying to make your captive audience. theirs. like, fuck you. Dude. Yeah. They're literally like trying to fuck your chick. Not literally, of course, figuratively trying to yeah. like, you're fucking your chick and they're trying to come in and push you off and fuck her. Yeah. They're like, pinch her nipples that, right there. Do it. Do it like this. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Right. But like, again, comedy, that's hecklers are a perfect example of another way in which the profession of being a comedian has zero respect for some reason everyone wants to be funny like a comedian but when a comedian's being a comedian somehow it's okay for people in the crowd to yell shit go to a play sometime at the repertory theater (laughs) and start yelling at the let's start let's do some holy clowns on location here where we go heckle at fucking stage productions it's the only profession where people feel like it's okay to yell shit at you. Yeah, everyone feels like they can do it, man. It's one of those things. You don't go to a concert. You don't. You don't go see a band play in a bar, and if they suck, <clears throat> people aren't yelling. You suck. You know what the problem is. Mean? Here's the problem. You know how intoxicating it was when you got those first early laughs. Uh huh. And like you said, parents giving them to kids when they're not funny. Like parents, when your kids say some shit, if it's cute. Just say that's cute. Don't oh, laugh. That's cute. Yeah. Don't laugh. Don't give them a laugh. Laughs are like a precious currency that you're devaluing by throwing them out at these fucking kids. And then here's what I was getting at. Everyone genuinely has made someone laugh too. Most people have yeah. said one thing that landed at least once. Yeah. And that rush they got from that genuine laugh, they've been chasing that their whole lives. You can't do that with singing and shit. You can't sing amazing once. If you suck, you suck. Right. There's no stumbling upon success and shit, you know? So I think that's a factor too. And this being the only industry you say where that's a factor, because it's the one that you can sometimes get right. You can't accidentally hit a home run and shit. You know what I mean? Or even be good enough to get up there and do it, but you can with a laugh. It's one of the most, it's, it's one of the most valuable resources being yeah. able to laugh and laugh. yet the profession mm-hmm. has the least amount of respect of any entertainment. Yeah, that's kind of what makes it so holy and shit to me too. You know what I mean? Even the, that's why Rodney Dangerfield was a uh, holy clown or whatever, you know, icons to comedians, the whole, I get no respect thing that resonates with yeah. other comedians so much, you know, even like straight up makeup wearing balloon tie and clowns get the reverence of being terrifying (laughs) or at a children's party when a clown's performing there's not some kid going there's a thing attached to your flower that's what makes it squirt you don't heckle a fucking clown and you also don't stick on a a, a red nose and try to be a clown walk up to a clown and stick on one of those walgreens bullshit red noses (laughs) see what happens you'll get punched in the mouth Clowns are fucked up, man. It might be Steve-O who gets you. <laughs> but I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm tired of people. And it's disrespectful of you as a person, not you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the person, you, the perpetrator, the larger you, it's disrespectful of you to walk if up. There's a larger me. You're funny. They're going to have to call the jaws of life in here to get me out of this room <laughs> and shit. Stop. It's basically stop. what I spent the pandemic doing is continuing to eat myself to death after like two months. <laughs> Of losing a bunch of weight and getting in shape because I was so freaked out by it all. Eventually, you're just like, fight. It's like, you remember the first couple of weeks at school where you're like, this is the, this is the time I'm gonna finally fucking do it. I'm gonna get good grades this semester. And you crush it for like two weeks, and then you're just like, fuck this. I don't get the yeah. stamina for having I my started, shit together. I started losing some weight. I lost some of that some of that weight. Now I've lost about 15 pounds because I was uh, I was getting a little. Uh, it's just denialism. Anyway, before we cut out of here, there's a couple of cultural things I wanted to hear the R. Michael Gall take on since we don't get to powwow that much anymore. One, 
I want like a final piece thing on Chappelle, this whole Chappelle special. I know it was a few uh-huh. weeks ago, <laughs> but I want to say my piece and be done with it on it. I want to hear yours and Alec Baldwin <laughs> capping that DP. I would love to hear your take on that as well. All Do you right. believe that's a tragedy or are we doing the whole acerbic thing that <laughs> I believe it is. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll say you shouldn't open that can. Um, Cause here I go. It was one of the union people who stormed off set. <laughs> I will believe that till I die. Unions are thugs. So you think one of the people who stormed the, the set to show them, put some yep. fucking live ammo yep. on a gun and yep. then the negligence and incompetence of the nepotistic armorer on set it was the daughter of a famous yeah. armor and it yeah. was like her first or second gig ever those incompetence union- coupled with this other guy planning a live round and then the checks and balances breaking down because the next level that mark hall dude who is what ad or something yeah said cold weapon to baldwin because prior to the break they were coming back from a break which was the result of those union thugs storming off set. Right. Because, and they stormed off set because they had complaints about the safety issues, right? And it never and there had been Wait, there had been two previous instances with the gun, right? Yeah. Where they were complaining, and they were finally like, we're leaving. That isn't the only reason they complained and left. There was also this whole travel thing and their accommodations and shit, right. but yeah. Right. So I'm storming off. I tell you something bad is going to happen on this set and you won't listen to me. You got, okay. You got that rickety ass stairway coming from your basement up to the main mm-hmm. floor. Right. Okay. If during the shooting of cactus Jack, I had from going up and down the stairs, I had said, dude, you got to tighten this railing. Something's going to happen. And then Anthony and you Apple were like, came and back you and, were like, <laughs> and you were like, fuck you. And then all of a sudden I come over the next day and the railing comes off in my hand. You would be completely justified thinking this motherfucker loosened that. So he would prove a point. Hmm. See, I'm not that paranoid. I think shit, I should have listened to him. He was right. And now I fucked up. And what a coincidence that right after that, I fell down the stairs. No, but here's one of those fuckers put that in the gun. The analogy is there was some crew member that I fucking didn't feel appreciated that anthony happel motherfucker who was in our movie come on anthony i i implore you come on here one day he won't he's and say your piece bitch anyway bitch it's like he felt underappreciated he overheard the conversation he came back and loosened the railing (laughs) it's not you did it that i might buy more and that's probably more uh, analogous to what you're saying happened but the idea then it's the negligence and incompetence of these motherfuckers who pencil whipped it. When I was in the military, that was a term we used. I don't know if that's a common thing, maybe pencil whipping. We had preventative maintenance. So every shift I took, I had to go in, I had to check gauges, check this and that. The motherfuckers just pencil whip it. You know, it's good. Cause it's good every day. Fuck it. I'm not checking it. I don't feel like. Oh, pencil whip is signing day. off on something. It's signing off on some shit yeah. without really checking it. That's essentially the armor chick and the AD guy pencil whipped that shit. They I didn't said- check it. They thought it was good because when they all left set and the production shut down because the union guys walked out, last we all checked, the guns were good. I don't need to check them again. Right. They never for a million years would have thought some union guy might come back. If that's what you're saying, this shit's a straight up murder she wrote episode, which is fucking awesome. And the question is, dust for prints on that gun. I'm sure they would have wiped them off or whatever. But what union guy would have done this? Is there a murderer among the union guys? We should find out. Are you familiar with unions at all? Yeah, go, go, go. Are you unions. familiar with the labor unions at all? Yes. There's, it's the mob, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that, yeah, that's their, it's corrupt. It's, it's, unions are organized crime, man. It's trash. They have done nothing of value in 80 years. <laughs> now, you, of course, are one of those people who recognize the utility of unions. In the early days of industrialization, the oh, absolutely. triangle absolutely. shirt, waste fires, et cetera, you know. Yep. Yeah. But you're saying in their present current state, they have evolved into, because here's the thing, institutions inherently become corrupted. 
and unions have become institutions, right? That's what you're getting at, essentially. Yeah. Churches, yeah. everything that starts good becomes this corrupt entity eventually. Yeah. The church is a great analogy for it. Because, yeah, they started out good, and then they started fingering little boys. So it's still good? What do you... <laughs> What's perks? I don't know. I will forever believe that it was one of those union people that stormed off the set. That's a fascinating... You heard it here first, folks. I haven't heard that anywhere. That was, all I the did. shit I've heard. This is what I love about talking to you. It always results in some left field shit. That's not left field shit. It's no, no, I'm sense. saying left field in the sense that no one's on to it yet. You're like a bloodhound. Right. And you're on this track that everyone else took the red herring and went this way and shit. A guy who comes from a long line of thieves, let's say, <laughs> is at your house, right? And you're having a party. There's a bunch of people there. The guy who who you know is in his core a thief is there and he goes, you should really lock your shit up, man. Someone might take that and you ignore it. And later that night, your shit is gone. When you're cleaning up, guess who fucking took your shit? Dude, get this. I want to write a movie. It'd be amazing to cast Alec Baldwin, but that would never fucking happen, of course. But say Russell Crowe or some shit is playing some Alec Baldwin type in this fucking Western movie that they're making. And this all goes down and he shoots the DP. And the rest of the movie is him trying to find out who the fuck put the gun in the bullet, like a mystery where no one else is on it. The cops are just like, yeah, whatever, you know. But it's like, no, he somehow suspects a union guy or something. So then you got like what? It was a small production. There's probably like six guys. We have a pool of suspects. Yeah. If what you're saying is true, let's start looking at these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And no one. Who has a no track record. Is. Yeah. Let's do and it. Let's crack the case on our podcast. Let's find I'm out who these six you. dudes are or whatever. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, everybody God. was negligent. The, the armorer was negligent. The director was negligent. Alec Baldwin was negligent. But that's not the true crime. The crime is homicide and putting a fucking bullet in the gun. Yeah. And they knew... Everyone they, was that's negligent. What, that's what the person who voted they proved the their gun, point. Exactly. God damn, this is amazing. And like, all if I made this does, movie in the early 80s, Eric Roberts would be the union guy. Like, <laughs> fucking. All that does is strengthen the union's oh, position, God. which is what they wanted. It's amazing. This will, result, <laughs> this will result in safer conditions on sets. It'll result probably in no actual firearms being on sets anymore. It'll all be prop. Uh -huh. And that's what they wanted. And unions. Are. So you actually think it's it was in their DNA to do fucked up shit to get their point. All right, let me ask you this. Do you think it was like a member of a union who yes. had that mentality doing it? Yes. Or do you think there's a conspiracy where the union, there was some cabal of motherfuckers who plotted this and one guy no. did it? I think there were six, however, let's a mindset six, and a guy. however many union motherfuckers on the set. One of the, someone's going to get shot. On Dude, imagine if the six discussed days. it and picked straws and one guy had right. to go put the bullet in the right. gun. I want to write this it. fucking movie, dude. They're bitching about Sounds it. Amazing. Someone's going to die on this set, blah, blah, blah. Something's going to happen. Fuck this. You know what? Someone is going to die on this set. That'll teach them. You know what you do in a true mystery, like some Agatha Christie type shit, Dashiell Hammond or something? It's all pointing in that direction, but you find out the end. The director was secretly fucking it was the DP. It was Alec Baldwin who was fucking her or some shit. Alec yeah. Baldwin was fucking her, and the director was in love with her and jealous, so he put the gun in the or the bullet in the gun to make Alec Baldwin kill her and shit. <laughs> it would actually be brilliant if it was Alec Baldwin who did yeah. it. Yes. Because, Diabolical. Because, oh, my God, he'd been having an affair with this woman. She told him that morning she was pregnant, and she was going <sighs> to tell his wife. All this shit's been going on on the set already. He sees a perfect opportunity. Yeah. He knew there were so many patsies, dude. There was layers of patsies. Yeah, yeah. Incompetence, gripes. That'd be a cool story. Dude, but I'll I still say it was a union, though. <laughs> but, but if there's an American actor who would do that, I would vote toward Alec Baldwin. <laughs> if somebody woke up, like you woke up in the morning, you're like, guess what? There was a movie being made, an actor accidentally shot a live round out of a gun out of all the actors other you'd guess alec baldwin yeah before like a tommy lee jones or oh tommy tom lee jones. cruise or some tommy shit lee jones. shooting guns you know 
it could be Tom Cruise if like a gay lover was going to expose him. <laughs> Tommy Jones is a good one though, right? Tommy, Tommy Jones might have just shot a motherfucker. Yeah, he wouldn't have even he wouldn't have even pretended he was sad. Yeah. Oh, you like, need to be. We need another DP. He accidentally shot her and then blew the smoke away and shit. <laughs> but I honest to God believe it was one of those union people. Dude, I'm honestly, so glad I asked about the Alec Baldwin thing. This out, is amazing. The minute that story came out, the first thing that occurred to me was, oh my God, they fucking killed somebody to get a point. <laughs> fucking unions. You know what? I'm, it's so hard for me. I can't have a Susie Q because of unions, Jay. 